Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. President Duterte on January appointed Joel Joseph Marciano Jr. as the head of the newly formed Philippine Space Agency or FILSA. Opo, my space agency ang Pilipinas. Even before the formalizing of FILSA, Filipino engineers and scientists had in fact already led the Philippines into the space age. As you know, we have in fact already launched two micro-satellites. And Diwatas 1 and 2, as even the recent eruption of Taal reminds us, are already helping us understand the larger forces shaping our land, affecting our seas, and changing our lives. Ako po si Robbie Alampay, Puma Podcast. And in this special episode, the Philippine Space Agency Explained. Joining us for this episode is the first leader of the Philippine Space Agency. My name is Joel Joseph S. Marciano Jr. I'm the acting director of the Advanced Science and Technology Institute of the Department of Science and Technology on secondment from the University of Philippines Diliman, where I am a professor of electrical electronics engineering and also currently nominated by the president as the director general of the Philippine Space Agency. What literally... Uh, should people have in their mind and for that matter in their imagination? Are we sending astronauts into space? We have been undertaking various activities mainly through the support of the Department of Science and Technology and the activities have been focused on space technology by way of building satellites, what we call Earth observation satellites. When you say that we want to contribute and we want to build our own, is that future tense or do we in fact already have things already flying out there? Well, present and future tense. No? We have been venturing into the development of these small satellites and well, kayo guma, kayo guma, when you say we, kayo, I mean, kayo, who exactly ang gumagawa nito? Well, DOSD funded uh, programs implemented by the University of the Philippines and its uh, other partners no, in, in universities through a consortium and also the DOST, ASTI. And of course, we partner with institutions abroad. In our first small satellite, the Diwata 1, and the second one, Diwata 2, we work with Japanese universities. Can you describe the two Diwatas? Picture a Balikbayan box, that's roughly how, how big it is. Microsatellites are anywhere between 10 to 100 kilograms. Nanosatellites weigh less than 10 kilograms to maybe one kilo. We've also built one as well and launched one. So Sidiwato 1 and 2 are 50 kilogram satellites um, measuring about 50 centimeters on one side, on each side. They're roughly cubical, although Sidiwato 1 was slightly more uh, rectangular. Micro is like balikbayan box. Right. Uh, Yung nanosatellite parang shoe box. Parang kahon ng sapato. Ang pico, 
ampi ko, baka parang matchbox. Envision your cellphone, maybe kalahati ng size ng cellphone mo, or maybe the size of your cellphone. Probably that's a, that's a Pico satellite. Look at our cellphones, right? They fit in our pockets. And we don't want to be carrying around large uh, communication devices. Diba? You look at these things 10, 15, 20 years ago, they, they look radically different. You know, they're bigger, they're power hungry, they can't do much. So the same thing has happened to the satellites. In the past and still now, there are these uh, still conventional satellites that are probably the size of a room, you know, weigh about one ton and bigger than a car, maybe the size of a bus or a truck. And advancements in electronics, uh, computing are creeping into space. When you say that some, some commodities are easily accessible and even we can source it uh, and, and we can build things, Give us examples of those technologies that are more accessible now and that adds to ripening our ability to build our, our niche in the space industry. The, the cell phones that we have are built from many, you know, the bill of materials now are hundreds if not thousands of components. Many of these components are actually assembled and manufactured in the Philippines uh, through our semiconductor and electronics industry. There is a, an active community here of scientists who are in, in that field, no? in materials and nanotechnology, who can really uh, address uh, these requirements of satellites in, in that harsh environment. Gumagawa na tayo dito? Meron naman. Well, I've met at least one, not, just, not, a, not even a laboratory, but a startup, a company uh, spun off from, I believe it's De La Salle, who is now in Laguna, and we're really trying to figure out how we can uh, work with local industries and even small companies like this. If this is a material science and materials engineering startup, they're servicing, I imagine, industry here, but they also have the capacity, in effect, to create materials for literally the space industry, not just, not just in the Philippines, but, but worldwide. That's true, yeah, and that's, that's the promise that it holds. And we need to open that door to them. To we, First of all, we can utilize what they produce here when test it, see how robust it is uh, in a space environment, and then um, give them an opening that they can offer this now to other countries who might be building satellites or companies abroad. Now, right uh, now, you mga ginagawa nating satellites, itong mga nano, pico, micro satellites, we hitch a ride with, how do we get it up, up there? And do, do we eventually want to build our own rockets? Well, yes, we don't have rockets uh, now, uh, so we're technically not yet space-faring. Uh, space-faring means we have the capability to bring objects into space. We rely on other countries, and so far we have been relying on the Japanese space agency, JAXA, and our cooperation with their universities. There has been some talk in the past about possibility of Philippines building a launch site for rockets that could bring these satellites to, uh, to space, these um, into low Earth orbit. You know, recently Indonesia came out in the news that they're building their their, their launch pad. Mm. You know, uh, that's pretty close to the mm. Philippines. Mm. No? And uh, obviously, Indonesia is very strategically located along the equator. They can they can manage to probably launch objects with more efficiency by virtue of their geographic location being near the equator. Is there a strategic okay. advantage to being in the Philippines? Is there a particular area in the Philippines that is suited to launching rockets? Well, similar to Indonesia, some parts in the Philippines in the south are near the equator, so it might provide that advantage. And in the south, they are probably less frequented by typhoons. Talk about that a bit. I mean, if you're near the equator, what's the advantage? 
but if you want to bring objects into into uh, equatorial orbit or near a uh, geostationary orbit, which is over the equator, uh, it should consume less fuel. No? Could be more economical, right? So there are different kinds of orbits, and some places are more strategic or better than others in terms of uh, bringing objects into a particular kind of orbit. You when yeah. you say south, you you mean Mindanao? Mindanao, yes. In the past, people looked into that. Among places in the Philippines, probably Mindanao is a good place. And if you build a rocket launch facility. It's an industrial park. Hmm. Ano bang gagawin ng FIRSA na yan? Diba? Give us an example na, huy, meron ng ginagawa. In fact, sinero mo nga sa Facebook eh. Yeah, yung mga dumanabag yun nung Pasko, si Tisoy, and uh, we have managed to take pictures of these uh, weather disturbances and also yung important na information dito is yung mga data na pre and post disaster. By having access to satellites, meron kang baseline of a certain area. Bago dumating ang bagyo dyan, bago nilindol, anong itsura? Right? And then kapag dumang, dumipas na yung bagyo and then uh, may mga nasira, you have to task the satellites to take pictures and get data over those areas again. And by having the pre- and post-disaster images, meron kang change detection na magkukuha. And among others, you can estimate the extent of damages. That is something that we regularly do. Tell us a story of something, maybe you saw it on social media or, or something in the news, that, that hit home to you personally, that made you feel like, ah, okay, this is why we're doing this. So I think it was 2018 in, in Naga, Cebu, there was a landslide. And uh, the team here immediately mobilized. We call it data mobilization. No? That's what we mobilized, pre-disaster and post-disaster image. So in the end, uh, what we contributed there was, okay, we took an image of the area before the landslide happened. And then once finally our satellites passed over, passed over, we took another image. And what the team did was to use algorithms to detect where the houses are. Because, you know, when you respond to a landslide, uh, when you go to that place, it's unrecognizable. You don't know there was a street lamp here, there was a road sign here, there's nothing there, no, it's all rubble. And then you want to dig for survivors. So what hit home for me was the fact that the data that we produced, there was a picture in social media where these people digging, responders digging for survivors were actually using our maps. They were holding our maps and managed, I, I, I guess, to save a few lives. Um, because of that information, because now they probably knew where to dig first, because there was a house here, no? Uh, nandito, dati may bahay dito, ngayon, dito tayo mag maghukay, no? Uh, when we talk about space technology, we're looking for sometimes tangible metrics, very quantitative things, but this is one of those things that uh, we can't really put a, a number on, but, you know, maybe eventually number of lives that we have enriched and number of jobs that we have created and uh, productivity that has increased. So that does hit home. And we need to con provide a continuous stream of disinformation uh, so as long as our country is going to be vulnerable to natural disasters, as long as we have resources that we need to take advantage of for the benefit of our countrymen, we need to provide this actionable information. And so we are just tapping a new source. Those are anecdotes, no? Um, which really motivate us more. Ano, ano po bang fields and specializations are involved in all of this coming together? Specific Courses, subjects, um, uh, degrees, uh, weather science, or even for that matter, non-science, that do you think uh, it's important for our, for our kids to now consider uh, as possible career choices? 
Well, science and engineering, you know, I would imagine anybody trained in scientific principles and on the, you know, sound engineering practices, if you have that, it's, it's perhaps not so much the discipline, it's really the training that you undergo when you're going through these courses. It's, it's a lifelong learning thing. Uh, you, you might be taking chemistry now, but what you learn is not so much important. It's not static by any means. So what is really important is the ability of a person to keep learning. Having said that, immediately when you're trained uh, in scientific disciplines and engineering disciplines, we need those kinds of people. You know, whether it's electrical, electronics, mechanical, physics, chemistry, material science, even biology, uh, because you need science to conduct science experiments in, in, in space. But apart from science and engineering, it's very important also for communicators to be in this field because uh, there is a need. Uh, one of perhaps the questions is why uh, is it only now that we're thinking of a space agency? Because perhaps we haven't really thought about how this should be communicated and why there is a need. But there is a need. Um, there is a need for the products and byproducts of space to be used by Filipinos, and it needs to be communicated. Let me, let me step back a little bit. So, so far, you know, that's really just space industry, what we call space industry capacity building. So our efforts so far, as I mentioned also earlier, manpower, we're, we're, development is key. And this is very specific thinking about building people. Now, we have limited resources, therefore we need to allocate these resources in uh, the best way. And the way to do that is to get information uh, in our hands. So that, that's really, you know, in, in, I guess in general, you know, bird's eye view what, what this is about. Okay, of course, uh, the people, you know, we want to inspire young children to go into STEM. We do not preclude the possibility of later on course, having Filipino astronauts, because the impact in our rural areas, in our public schools, in our schools. Meron ba kayong mga activities, regular get-together, events that are open to the public? May festival ba of, of space nerds in the Philippines that happen yeah. annually, monthly, whatever? We, we used to have this regular PSST forum, no? Philippine Space Science and Technology. We have to, um, I guess, uh, hold one soon. This year, I guess we will have... Uh, a few more milestones, we will try to deploy into space yung first uh, university-built nanosatellites natin. Aling university po ta? Uh, UP, sa UP Diliman, uh, they are master's students in, uh, in engineering, and there are eight of them on a scholarship from DOST. And what we learned from Japan, we basically translated it into the local graduate program here. And so now, instead of sending scholars to Japan, uh, we are offering that here now with the know-how that we uh, gained from that engagement. And hopefully the two nanosatellites that these students will produce from UP will be deployed into the space later this year. And that's it for this episode of Puma Podcast. Kung nagustuhan nyo po, please sabihan nyo naman yung mga kaibigan nyo na makinig sa Puma Podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Anchor, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. Maraming salamat po. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.